0: Howdy friends, my name is Molly, your host today, and we want to welcome you back to the No Boundaries International podcast. So as a reminder, this podcast is meant to be used as a tool to help equip you in your walk with Jesus in the areas of restoration, of training, and of outreach. And it's really fun because we do this by using a combination of exploring biblical principles And then also taking a closer look at concepts found in our Journey of Restoration CPR Edition e-course. And then we have tons and tons of discussion surrounding what it really means to follow Jesus in these three areas. So, in today's episode, I'm really excited because joining Sandy and I, we will have a super, super special guest who is so near and so dear to our hearts. Her name is Ann Nolan, and we have worked closely with her for several years now. She's incredible. And you may even recognize her voice from our Journey of Restoration CPR course. So Ann Nolan is the ministry leader at the Abbey in Polly's Island, South Carolina, and she has traveled both nationally and internationally sharing and encouraging others with how she's encountered Jesus. And then of course we have our very own Sandy Orchard. Hello. Our co-founder and vice president of No Boundaries International and I also like to call her our Bible geek. And so we are going to be the three that are going to kind of surround this discussion. And today we're going to we're going to be talking about the importance of community, and how we were designed to be in community. And so we'll be discussing this subject as we take a closer look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So
1: first off, welcome y'all. Hello. Hello. Yay, super excited. So, hey Molly, let me just interject here for just a second. I think I can speak for both of us when uh, we say that we're just really excited to have Ann Nolan here. And I think her message is really timely in view of the fact that we just had Alan Hughes here on last week's podcast, where we talked a lot about discipleship and how being in a community makes such a huge impact on our own discipleship journey with Jesus. And by the way, for our listeners, you might want to listen to that prior podcast number six, which features Alan Hughes' talk on the good soil. So I know one's gonna bring some great insight into this second half of our look at community. So Go ahead, Molly, and thanks for letting me interrupt you. Okay,
0: let's go ahead and get started. And I think the first thing just right out of the gate that we all really want to know and we want we really want to hear about is from you and Nolan, is basically we talk about kind of the importance of community.
2: Wow. What direction do you take it? Community is so important. That's um, not optional. (laughs) We were created by a relational God to be relational. We're transformed and we can grow in our faith and come to know Jesus through the people around us. And um, it's so important that you are in community because I don't know if you've ever noticed, if you're by yourself, it's very easy to have the fruits of the Spirit. Um, Have you ever... Have you ever felt, oh, my gosh, I've just left my house. It's been a wonderful morning. I've been so patient, kind, loving. And then you step out the door and you come into contact with those around you. And all of a sudden, things get a little more difficult. So, um, so you know, just communi- community is what we, it's a really good litmus test for um, our growth is to just get us around other people and see: are you still able to carry God's presence and His peace amidst a chaotic Um, backdrop of of the world. And I know uh, Dr. Lori says, what did she say?
0: The
1: sign of
0: immaturity is is,
1: yeah your relationships
0: yes a sign of an immature christian is their inability to get along with people yes and i said
2: to you earlier um you know we're all saints in isolation i love that by ourselves we just can have this perfect um peace just me and god and that's it and then as soon as you walk out the door life hits you in the face and becomes a little more difficult
0: yeah that's when your testing comes in well i i mean I thought I was a saint. like, like You
1: are, Sandy. <laughs> in, All of us have, other than in, you. Oh, uh, In my isolation, I love being a saint, yeah.
0: That's so good because then you don't have the people that get on your nerves mm-hmm. or the people like until you actually have to practice walking out the fruit of the spirit. Right. Like when you're by yourself, it's real easy to just be like, Man, I'm operating in
2: peace. I'm yeah, because so yourself, you're completely self-focused. You're the only person, you know, to con- be concerned about. And um, so, if you like the temperature this 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 degrees, you just have to answer yourself. If mm-hmm. you want this to eat, that's what you. do. If you want to watch the TV, you're not fighting for the remote with your child. So yeah. anyway, as soon as you start interacting with other people, you really it's you can tell whether or not those fruit if they're still going to be present or not really quickly. Especially if you have the people that are like exact opposite of you.
0: Right. You know what I mean? You want to talk about like where you are in maturity levels or not, get around the people who think completely different than Mm -hmm. you and see what still comes out. It's rough out here, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. So I love this. I love this concept of community. And I love it that we're meant for it and that we're designed for it. And I love that it really... Uh, shows us where our weaknesses are or where, you know, our stuff is like, you know, when something's a little bit off based on how you've reacted Mm -hmm. in relationship to the people around you. And so let's take a closer look at this, but let's do it through, through what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So just as a reminder, we can see, like, throughout scripture, all of this endless amounts of things that point us to the importance of community. But I think, really, for today's session, what we really want to focus on is the passage that tells us how we really do all fit together. And so, we're going to do this by looking briefly at kind of a few other texts, but mainly we're going to focus on 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So before we dive in, Sandy, will you give a little bit of context surrounding this chunk of text? Like who's Paul writing to, blah, 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 all that.
1: Yeah. So I think that's really important too. So why did he, why did Paul write first Corinthians, um, who the audience was? And so a lot of times in a very general, um, in a very general, broad idea, uh, Paul wrote a lot of his letters throughout the new Testament. And many of them were answering problems that a church may be having. And that's exactly what was going on in here. So what had happened was, is that Paul went on uh, one of his missionary journeys, and then he actually lived in uh, Corinth uh, for a year and a half, and he established a church there, and he really um, was like a father in the church. And so the context of Corinth itself was like it was considered that time the time of Paul on the same par on the same level as you know current day New York City or Las Vegas or even a combination of the two it was hopping yes and so and it was also on a major trading route so there was a lot of it was a very prosperous city at the time meaning that uh, people had more disposable income and so they there was lots of temples with idol worship. Um, lots of drinking, lots of crazy stuff. And it's actually, um, even back then, you know, hundreds of years ago, it was actually called Sin City because of all the availability of doing, you know, basically non-Christian type stuff in the city. And so that was the atmosphere that Paul was walking into. Wow. And so he established a church there. And so here he's, you know, he was there for a year and a half, and then he left, and then he kept getting word from uh, different uh like his students, basically, about what's going on in the church. Are they having these issues? You know, would you have any advice for them? And so here he's writing this letter back to to the church in Corinth, and he's really trying to address some basic Christian issues that were going on in the church at the time, like things that were causing division, and there's some moral issues, um, questions about marriage, and even idolatry. Like they still are kind of struggling with having all these temples in the city, and then even questions about resurrection. So at that, like all those things are kind of considered like basic, at least according to Paul, basic Christian um, questions that need to be addressed early on. And so, but it's interesting because it's, he's, he's also kind of speaking into community. So if they're having divisions within themselves, then that means that there's, there's some kind of uh, community uh, type issues going on. And so what, what should they do? How should they handle it? That sort of thing. And so, it really uh, gives us a good understanding or a good look at what what is community going to look like, and so why don't Molly? Why don't you go ahead and read First Corinthians twelve, and okay? It's twelve through twenty one,
0: and just as a side note, like if if we're called to infiltrate our culture, that's in the very same ways, kind of all of that mm-hmm. like chaos and whatever, mm-hmm. like then as the church, like we really need to be an example. Yes. Like, but if we're all chaotic or if we don't have it, you know, if we can't get along with each other and then we try to go and present ourselves to the, to the secular world,
2: like they're not going to get a good picture of what it really means to work in the body. I agree. And I also was just thinking about Paul in general, this sort of shows com- importance of community because um, obviously we're sinful people and we're going to slip up and fall over and over again. And we need, Mentors in our lives yeah. and people that love us that we respect that love us enough to speak truth and then also to guide us and um and so so I think that's what Paul was doing to these people he mm-hmm. lo- he it came from a place of love mm-hmm. not just correction it was like I love you and I want you yeah. there's God has more for you and yeah. he's speaking into their lives
1: so is Paul's doing it with the heart of Jesus mm-hmm. which is a love motivated. Uh, Heart, not just like follow these rules, right? right? Yeah, not the hey, here's the rules, and you need to get in shape and do these things. It was really done out of a a father's heart of love, yeah.
0: And as we read this, like we can see, as we read it, which we just need to read it, but (laughs) it it just shows like the unity, you know, the unity of the body. So, okay, first Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 21, it says. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should stay, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. That's good. We need each other.
1: Yeah. But like in a big way, we need each other. Yeah. And so one thing that, you know, I just kind of throw in there. So historically, my background is I used to be a nurse for like 20 years. I worked in surgery. And um, like when I read this thing, when I read just this little passage about the body, man, all that medical stuff kind of goes to the front of my mind. And so uh, I just want to throw a few little facts out there. So the, like coming from a medical perspective, there are 206 bones in the body. Wow. And there's like 46 miles of nerves. Can you believe that? And so, and then there's also 60,000 miles of blood vessels. And in I know one body? In one body. And so I know that's a big, broad, general picture of the body and how, I mean, I will have to say as a little tangent, I mean, that's amazing that God would, that's a highly complex thing that he puts together. And so I used to do one of my specialties, I used to help with orthopedic surgery, like all the, you know, how anything to do with the bones basically in your body. And so, um, so we were constantly doing a lot of surgery on, on hips and legs and feet, that sort of thing. And so um, it was taught to me early on in my career that like walking is really complicated. And so your foot is made of of, of like 38 bones and 30 joints. And, it, and just your foot alone has over 100 muscles, tendons, and ligaments. And so in order for you to walk, when you're actually doing that, and like, you're not really even thinking about it. This is like, I mean, you, you grow up as a little baby learning how to walk. It's not something you have to think, I'm going to put my foot down. and But right. so it's it's just a natural thing. But when your foot hits the, the ground, that nerve has to go up some of those um, 46 miles of nerves has to go up there hit your brain come back down and your body has to tell the foot what to do which which muscle needs to work which tendon needs to pull or let go of and and that sort of thing and so if any one of those those combinations of 38 bones and 30 joints if they're off by even a millisecond you can't walk because it's that incredible in time Wow and so it's a really I mean, it's such a huge picture, especially for me coming from medical side of like, you had just read that whole passage out of first Corinthians 12, that if one part of the body wants to be just like all those other parts, you know, um, then it's not going to work. And it's the same thing here. Like if the, the nerves wants to be like the tendon, it's, it's like, you're not going to be able to walk. The body will not function the way you're, it's supposed to, yeah. like the, the parts and what they've been created to do and ordained by God to do, that particular function is super important. And is super important for the entire body to be able to work. So they can't like go on strike and say, I want to be like the nose when they're really supposed to be like a nerve that sends the electrical signal. It all works together. And they're, it's not like a jealousy thing. I want to be like this or that. Or, or they can't like, uh, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. They have to be in unison, and when they're not in unison, then there's problems, With like whether it's an inability to walk or it's painful to walk or, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. So I thought it was really cool that Paul would use that sort of analogy.
2: The body is basically when you're not working together with each other's unique strengths, um, and we are one body, you're handicapping yourself. Yes. Mm. And it's you're not going to be able to do All that you were created to do. All
1: that you were created by God to do. Yes.
2: And
0: like, and Nolan, didn't you just have foot stuff?
2: I did. And so this, I was really listening (laughs) (laughs) to that because I did. I just got a little partial joint replacement. And so, and it's amazing how just one little toe can affect Mm -hmm. the whole walk. And I've had to really, re you know, rehab and ice and it's just taken a long time and it's still not perfectly back to where it needs to be. And that's just a teeny toe.
0: And that's just a teeny toe. And that's what, I mean. And you've traveled internationally. And we were just on the mission field with you in West Africa when you had just like. She's wearing her.
2: What was the boot there you were wearing a boot in the, in the airport. airport. Let's, let's not go back there. Like. <laughs> but it's just crazy. Like that was one toe. Yeah. And it's also a testament to how much God loves us so much that he's invited us to play a role in our in our eternity. Yeah. Um, he could have snapped his fingers and made it so he doesn't need us, but he wants us because he loves us yes. to have a part, to play a role, to get involved and not to be um, looking to the right or the left wondering what the other hand is do, getting to do or mm-hmm. the or the foot is getting to do. He, he wants us to work together yeah. so that our unique gifts and strengths and the way that he has uniquely created us in such a complex way will enhance and um, help each other yeah. to
1: grow and 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 do what God has planned. And He really does, you know, He designed it since the beginning of time that He wants to partner with us as people. Which, would you, when you think about it, I mean, like the Earth, and I forget the the current stat on population is like you know eight billion billions. billions of people. That a God who knows who takes care of eight billion people simultaneously and knows all their wants needs and desires and sees a bigger picture of their culture their nation and what's going on and the complexity of that he sees you he knows the individual and he knows what kind of giftings he's put in you and he knows what what the your calling is yeah and so when when that doesn't happen um you know something obviously huge gets mixed uh, missed and in an, and he'll have a lack of impact into eternity, but he wants to do it with us. That's Mm -hmm. like his design from the beginning. And you think it would be way easier for him to just like wave the magic wand and just do it himself, and it probably Mm -hmm. would be, but he's missing out on on having a relationship with Mm -hmm. us and doing this together.
0: Yeah, and I like in verse 18, I mean, it's just so clear. It says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if we can really let our minds like wrap around, actually, like he placed us here on purpose, just where he would have us whenever we're walking in the true identity that he's given us. Like when he speaks into our identity and we can kind of see where we start to fit in the body, then all of that comparison and all of that, well, well, they're doing this and and I'm only doing this or I want to do what they do. Like all of that just melts away when you can really like wrap your mind that the God who formed you in your mother's womb actually didn't make any mistakes with you. (laughs) Like he did it on purpose. And then it says in verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be?
1: You mean if they were all individual and like kind of doing their own thing kind of thing?
0: No, if they were all one indiv- like, yes. If you're all just if an, eye, all just how an eye, how would, how you, would hear? you hear? How
1: would you Yeah. Taste. If you're
0: all okay.
2: just a hand, like, how would you walk? Plus, it'd be a really tired eye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, just burn out. It would be, you know, it's just you're not you're overcompensating for what you're working against, again, against your own body. Um, I mean, think about how we even rely
0: on our senses, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's so crazy cool that even if, um, like, if I can't see, and I need to eat something, I can still with my eyes closed, figure out where it goes. You know, Mm -hmm. like we need each other like that is so that's I mean, Mm -hmm. how he created even that level of proprioception. And that's what we're called to be like, there's, it's not an accident that he uses the analogy and shows us how we're, you know, a body. It's not coincidence. Like, there's a reason for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think there's a lot of spiritual warfare around that because the evil one would want us to take how he's uniquely made us and we're so special and pit it against each other and focus yeah. on the, you got that and I've got that. So so it's it's just the, so. Yeah, and bring division into the right whole thing. Or, or what division. about judgment?
1: Mm-hmm. Or
0: whenever we say, because I do things like this and this is how I do it and I suddenly think everyone needs to do it how I do mm-hmm. it. So or or cri-
1: being critical. Yeah. Having a critical spirit. Yeah. yeah.
0: It can quickly go into criticizing.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm,
0: rough. Okay. So if we can now just take a second and we all see and we've acknowledged that we all fit into one body according to the passage that we just read, then, Ann Nolan, will you talk just a little bit more about on some purposes of community and everyone working and fitting together?
2: Like, what do we get out of this? Um just being in in community just enriches your life in general it's going to be more fun to, and especially, regardless of whether you're walking a Christian life or not, we're designed for community. We have to have that. Yeah. Right? But if you're walking it out, um, it's going to make your life more fun. You're going to have fellowship and friendships and people to love and people to love you. And it's going to have, you're going to have people that, when you're in need or you're you know really going through a tough time, they can encourage you and lift you up. Um, obviously, they can pray for you. If you're in a Christian community, they can. The people around you that you're doing life with can help push you towards Jesus and use their unique strengths and, um, perspectives that God has given them to speak into your life and show you blind spots that you haven't, you yourself can't see Mm -hmm. that are really helpful. So it works in a way where it's just, oh my gosh, it's, this is the way it's supposed to be done. I did not see that, but you've come to me, um, in a safe way, because you love me, to show me this, and I f- and so I can stop stumbling over that because I missed it. I mean, it's just working together, showing you what you can't see, and enjoying life. Um, it's like why you do boot camps together or exercise yeah. programs. You're gonna, it's just gonna be so much more fun when you do it with with someone that you love. So, and you'll know where
0: you fit, like based on what you like if what you're seeing that other people might not be seeing. You know, like you'll know where you fit in relation to the body based on seeing other people and being in community and watching how they function and then seeing like, oh, here's what I can bring to it. Right. Or here's a perspective that I can complement it. Yes. Their gifts,
2: your gifts complement each other and it's iron sharpens iron. And you just, you just sort of, um, if you do it with Jesus as the center, when you're both connected, then really it just thrusts you. And you just, your development, you're um, moving forward closer to Jesus and you're able to just really become the creation that you were created to be.
1: So Ann so you've kind of uh, encapsulated like the positive side of finding a Christ centered community that will push you toward Christ and keep you accountable. But let me ask you, so there's, there's, I've always heard, like, as I encounter different people in my life, there's the... The people that say, and many, and this this has happened to many, many people, is that you know that I, I just don't go to church anymore. The church, I've been hurt by the church, and I just don't want to do that. In Mm -hmm. other words, they're saying no to community. That, that you know, and the God design of of what community can do for us and what we can do for community. And so, you know, what would you say to that to that person who just? doesn't doesn't want to get back into that because there's been hurts in there in those that's uh, good in there's that atmosphere and in that community setting that they've tried previously. Hmm. Well, first of all, I guess I would say, how's that working
2: for you? <laughs> 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 it's really, how I mean, it might it might be good on the front end, yeah, but eventually. We were designed. God knows better. We were designed to be in relationship with people and have people in our lives. We're not. We're not supposed to be an island, and we're not supposed to be in isolation. So um, it's unfortunate that churches and people, and that we're sinners, and that we hurt. Um, we hurt people. I hate that. And I, you, you know, you may have to explore, and it may take some time. And I, relationship. There's a risk in relationship.
1: Yeah, the whole there's mm-hmm. a risk, and I think that's the big thing is that God designed. I mean he's designed the the Christian walk to be in relationship with him but he's also designed mm-hmm. it to have for us to have relationship with others and so it's going to be messy.
2: Yeah, there's always going to be risk to get in it's going to mm-hmm. we're going to hurt each other until we are um compl- until we go to heaven and we are spending eternity with God and we are perfect and everything's yeah. restored we're going to hurt each other. That's mm-hmm. just the reality. So Um, that question is one of those that it's like, well, you can talk about safe relationships and allowing people that haven't earned the right to get so close to you um, into your inner circle. You can talk about all those things, but ultimately you cannot take away all the risk from relationships. No, You're just going to have to take a step and trust and pray that God is going to put you and connect you with the people that you need to be with Mm -hmm. that can, um, can encourage you and the healthy relationships and friendships,
1: and I just also kind of wonder, since it's since community, especially how Jesus is kind of compelling us and designed us to live in community. If if since it's relational, I mean, I would think that you'd have to learn how to communicate with another person, and I you've kind of hit on that a minute ago. Like you're going to have to learn how to do relationships and um, and how to pick your friends and that sort of thing. And so, but there's also going to be some forgiveness in that. And because none of us have had this thing perfect at all. And so even in the context of the the no boundaries community, we've all all of us have made mistakes in that. And we've had to just be humble and realize, ask for forgiveness from Jesus for what we've done to the other person. And then also go to them and say, hey, I did this thing. i you know, I didn't treat you right. And I'm really sorry. Will you forgive me? And so there's got to be some of that dialogue, too, which, you know, is super important because it is relational. Mm -hmm. It really is.
0: And unfortunately, like, sometimes whenever if you choose, so say you go to this church body and then you're hurt by the church, like, and then what happens is then if you choose to then withdraw, what you've done is you've given people all of your power. uh And so what you're saying is that you're now a victim. To how other people are. You're a victim to other people's personalities. They didn't meet whatever that God-given need is Mm -hmm. inside of you. And then you isolate. Mm -hmm. And then whenever you isolate and your heart starts to become hardened because you build up these walls that you think are keeping you safe, but really they're just, they're putting up walls and then you look around and you've got no one.
1: So in your, in your choice your choice to withdraw from the community, you're actually adding about 20 other problems on the. You are, but even
2: from another angle, I was. I think that if you've left the church, and or not even the church, just left community, community and isolated yourself, how can that, if you're still walking with Jesus mm-hmm. and you're still following Him and being transformed by Him, mm-hmm. yet you're not going to share your gifts with somebody, what's Ooh. the point of being transformed? What's the point yeah, of asking really, God really to give me gifts and to help me to um, be more like him if I'm not going to then go out and give what he's given me. yeah. Um, So it doesn't really make sense to um, put all your, if if you're following Jesus and in love with him, it's just the natural overflow that you would want to go out and be and give what he's given you. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's good. And if we try to put the, if we try to wait until we have that like perfect community before we join them we will never Mm -mm. find it
1: there is no perfect there is
0: no perfect community and then you'll like a lot of times i mean i know that john tyson talks a little bit about this That if you get into a community because you've uh, noticed that you have this lack and this need for people, and then you get into this Christian community that for the honeymoon phase feels so real, Mm -hmm. but it'll be the very reason if you're not careful and if you're not doing it out of genuine love for God and submitting unto Him first, then what happens is then whenever they don't meet your needs, you leave and then you've left Jesus for the same reasons that you brought Him if you're only doing it for that purpose. But I love how you bring up But we're actually made to walk this out together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole, that's, and we see it throughout the Gospels. Yeah. I mean, Sandy, like, talk a little bit about, like, how do we see this played out? Even in Jesus' own life, he's the best example we have.
1: Yeah, and I think that's super important to, to see that in the Scriptures, is that here's Jesus, and, and if, you know, and really, if you look at Jesus, he's, he's, um, he's god in a, in a human form, fully God, fully man. And so he really, if he wanted to, he, he's like, he's all that in a bag of chips. He really is. He could he could do this whole thing himself. Right. But he specifically uh, did his life. He lived his life as an example to us. He did it in community. So he's walking along the lake and he calls, um, you know, he calls the disciples, the, the young men that were fishermen, and they... You know, he calls him, hey, come follow me. And so, and they immediately, they see their opportunity that this is a rabbi who's probably the Messiah, and they just stop everything and they and they join him. And then he goes to some others, and some others, like, goes to the tax collector who's like, you know, in the Hebrew world is the one of the worst traitors you could ever possibly imagine yeah. that you're siding with the Romans, calls him, you know, the one who looks like he's the questionable guy, and goes to Judas, hey, come follow me. So he surrounds himself with 12 guys and they and they really are his community, and so if Jesus surrounds himself with a community, shouldn't we? Yeah. And he, I mean, if you think about it, here's Jesus. He he, when he picked Judas, he knew what Judas, Judas was ultimately going to do. But I really feel like with all mm. of the twelve, he sees the the beautiful things in them that he that uh, God the Father and him the the gifts and the attributes attributes that he put in those guys. He sees the best in them, and so. He designs a community, and so that's just exactly the same thing that we need. We need to be uh, in community, and and you know the gospel doesn't go into it heavily. Um, you don't see all the behind the scene things with you know relational issues or people hurting people. But you, you I mean, these are people; these are humans, and there's going to be those sort of issues. And yeah. so, um, so I don't know. That's that's if it's going to be something that Jesus surrounds himself with like that, and I think that's exactly how he designed us, that we're supposed to be in community. And here he is, he's living it out.
0: And I mean, it's just so obvious to me, like if we have Paul, who's writing to the churches about walking in unity and walking it out together and being unified and being in community, then he, they knew that there was going to be issues, you know, like they knew there's going to be relational hurts. They knew all of that, but man, I love what you just said, Sandy, that Man, Jesus knew the betrayal that Judas would have, right? Like, he knew his heart. He knew that his heart wasn't towards him, and yet he still invited him in.
1: Yeah, and then to make it even uh, even better, if you read all the way through the Gospels and you read those last few chapters in each, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so Jesus has died on the cross, he's resurrected, then he comes back, and he specifically points out Peter on the lake. He finds yeah. Peter fishing, I mean, Peter's kind of like giving it up because he I'm sure he's filled with shame on how he treated his, his friend Jesus. And he specifically finds Peter and and calls him in, hey, and basically is saying, I love you and I want you back with me. And he says it three times, you know, for, you know in other words, he's re- he reinstates and restores Peter yeah, because he loves him and he wants that relationship with Peter. And so, I mean, Jesus is just the ultimate... And, and how to do relationships right, keeping his eye on the Father. I want to do what the father's showing me to do and doing it in love and, in, and being totally selfless.
0: And then realizing that the community that we're in, if we look at Jesus and how he was with his disciples, then if we can see the beauty and the wonder and the who God created them to be in partner with that, mm-hmm. rather than the critical thing, yeah. man, how much further would we go? Yeah. And how much deeper would and we love? And that's exactly
1: what Jesus did, yeah.
2: Which is against our nature, which is why we need yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, because uh, even as what you're saying is that so when Jesus died for our sins and he sent his Holy Spirit to us, um, we now, since in the absence of Jesus, have to be Jesus to this world mm-hmm. and put in the rock tumbler of life or where the rubber hits the road when crisis comes and hard times come, um we were designed to glorify God mm-hmm. and to respond to those difficult situations or each other as Jesus would, which is against our nature, but it is how non believers see Jesus. Yeah. Because that's, you respond differently from a non believer. And what's the difference? The difference is Jesus in your life, living in you. So, um, wow. So, so that's the importance of community. And I think another.
0: Another scripture that we just we can't talk about that we can't talk about community and not hit on this a little bit at yes. least. But um Sandy, I know that you love the story of the paralyzed man and how like he gets lowered through the ceiling. Yeah. Read that in Luke. OK, 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 OK.
1: Yeah. It's like so, what is it? Luke it's like
0: five
1: seventeen through 20. Yeah. It's
0: only three verses. So I'm just going to read it. It's okay. Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. It says, one day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus.
2: Oh my gosh, I love that story. And it's the community that brought this person that is hurting and needs to be healed, that they, his friends that loved him, brought him, which is what we're supposed to be doing as community, brought him here and lowered him and were that desperate, but also their faith that they believed if he could could meet Jesus, Mm -hmm. that he would be healed. And not only... What did that happen? But all the people that were sitting yeah, they around, got see it. they got to see it, which increases their faith. So the all, think of the community of people under that one roof who yeah. were affected. Yeah. Jesus worked and revealed himself through community.
1: That's right. Um, yeah, and in I many mean, different levels. And it's just amazing. So the end result is the man who was carried by his community, his friends. I mean, not only physically, but I mean, emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. um, all the different ways Um, He he had the total of himself. When he encountered Jesus, every part of himself was healed by Jesus. Emotionally, spiritually, physically, um, intellectually, all of those things were met when he met Jesus. But he would have only met Jesus when his friends brought him. His Mm -hmm. friends carried him and his friends encouraged him and his friends... May, and we don't know the backstory, like like what happened, you know, when him and his friends are kind of like talking about, should we go see Jesus? We don't really know how that happened. But, I mean, we don't know if it began with the paralyzed man or if it began with one of his friends. It could have been, you know, hey, I heard the that this guy, Jesus, he's, he's in town. And, you know, I know you're laying on the mat and you're having a lot of struggles. You want us to take you? You know, yeah. I don't know if it comes from that or if it comes from the paralyzed man, but whatever that was... He could not have done it without his community. He no, couldn't he couldn't have. and you don't you also don't know what I was thinking as you were talking,
2: if maybe the paralyzed man didn't want to go. Yeah. And it was said no, it makes you think about people in your life right now that are really resisting yeah. God's call on their life that, that and and you need to continue to pray for them and continue to try and continue to to point them to Jesus and don't give up on them and say, it's a lost cause. No. um, You know that if I bring them in and they can encounter Jesus, everything will
1: change for them. Yeah, I agree.
0: And it makes me want to then make sure that I'm in a community or that I'm surrounding myself with people who will carry me to him, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that's a mark of a good community. That is. But because if they're not, like, let's just talk a little, let's, we should just define healthy community yeah. for just a second. So like whenever we're talking about a healthy community, we are talking about one that is Christ-centered and that is pushing you towards Jesus. That when you feel paralyzed physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, when you're stuck stuck in that captivity, that the people that are around you are going to be the ones that will carry you straight to the Lord and that will put you right in front of Him. That will say, here, Jesus, meet with Jesus. He's the one who's going to
2: do this. And that that's a good that's a, that's a good really that's community. a good standard yeah and not even just take you there and say okay Bye. sort this out with jesus but yeah. but they're going to follow up and they love you and they're going to take you under their wings and and follow up and make sure that you're doing okay and make sure you are getting healing and encourage you and pray for you and and all of those things that we need because they didn't
0: even just put him outside the house Mm-mm. they could have just left him there yeah, they went right? through
1: a lot of work they for, said for wait him. a
0: second you can't get... There's too many people here. And then they didn't just leave and say, okay, bye, we did what we could. They said, hold on, let's get creative. Then we're going to muster up all of our strength. So you know, they how persevered. Much, how much does it take to get a body up a up a ladder?
1: Do they have ladders? They had steps, they had stairs. Usually on those uh, Jewish houses, they have a an upper room and a ceiling. I'm mean, Not a ceiling, but a roof where people could hang out. And oh. so they had a back staircase going up the back. But still, it's probably... But this still, is a long time ago. It's probably a skinny little staircase, and they got this guy on the stretcher. How are we going to do that? You know what I mean? There's yeah, a, it was probably a little bit complicated.
0: And then still you go up, and then what? And then you're going to cut a hole through the ceiling, or is there a door? Like, how does
1: that work? Uh, I'm, not, no, I, I'm not right. Sure. And then you whatever could, it is, they seem to persevere through it.
0: And then you have to figure out how to lower him, like this,
1: without hurting him,
0: right? Without hurting these are people like people who do that, who go like that. They're the people that are going to stick it out with mm-hmm. you. They're the ones that are going to say like, man, I know that this looks impossible, but by any means necessary, we're going to find the Lord in it. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting all, getting all revved up.
1: And I think too, and it doesn't quite go into this, into this specific story in Luke, but it, one of the other really strong attributes of community is it provides accountability for you. Yeah. And so like, um, and that's one of the reasons why like AA is so successful is because there's accountability in that. Mm -hmm. And it should be that way within the Christ centered community too, that, Mm -hmm. Hey, if you're struggling with, you know, blah, 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 that you're, you're able to say to your group, to your community that I'm having, I'm just having a really hard time with this. I mess I messed up. And, and so I've repented with Jesus, but I really need your help. And, you know, and so it provides that, uh, ongoing accountability, which is so necessary. Yeah. This, this whole walk with Jesus is a journey and it's a lifetime journey. It's not a one-time event, you know? Yeah. And we need, we need each other to help each other, to push each other and to propel us toward, toward Jesus. Mm.
0: That's so good. So, and I know that you have a really good, like sentence that you've said about talking about, like how, like in the middle of Jesus, transforming
2: us so that we're getting ready for heaven. I'll just say it run you. on in. Um well, he is preparing us for eternity with yeah. him in heaven. That's what he's doing. So he's we're being transformed from one degree of glory to the next mm-hmm. so that we can live in perfect peace with not only each other but him for all of eternity. And so th- what I, the sentence that you're talking about is the agent of sanctification is the Holy Spirit. The tool of sanctification is the truth of the, of the gospel and the context of sanctification is community. It's where we all walk it out. And sanctification is that process of becoming more like Jesus every day. And so he sent us His Holy Spirit because he loves us so much mm-hmm. to be able to live with each one of us. Mm-hmm. Jesus could only be one place. You know, he can live in our hearts. he, he, He does as soon as we accept him. And um, he helps us. He encourages us. He gives us revelation. Mm -hmm. He um, opens doors. He's so he's going to help. We can't do the sanctification on our own. That's really true. Cannot happen. He has got to be that person. He's got to sort of change our wants.
1: Mm -hmm. and desires but we have to and we have to partner with him in that. we have
2: to partner with him there is it's not that
1: he's going to wave the magic wand no
2: he's not and it's going to and it's going to take um you receiving Mm -hmm. that and listening to that and um following that and participating with him but we can't do it without him that's that's the truth and he's created it that way so um that's it he's given it to us so that we can do this. He's our only hope is the Holy Spirit because we can't do it on our own. Yeah. And um, he puts us in a community with other people so that we can walk it out and apply yeah. what he's revealing to us.
0: Yeah, that's so good. So just to kind of like clarify just a little bit. So when you say this, that the sanctification process is this kind of transformation preparing mm-hmm. us to live in the fullness of who we're created to be until mm-hmm. the time that we are with the Lord in heaven, right? Right. And then you say that if the agent of the sanctification is the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, like you said, who's going to guide us and lead us. And thank God we have him. Yes, he's the helper. (laughs) I'm just re-saying what you said, just for clarity purposes. (laughs) And so then he's the one who's going to lead us and guide us and direct us during this transformational or sanctification Mm -hmm. process. And then you have what you said is the truth. Of the gospel is the tool of sanctification because it's only the truth of the gospel that can transform the nature of a human heart. That's right. That's really the only thing that changes us from
1: the inside out.
0: Yes. That whenever we can wrap our mind of the radical love that Jesus laid down his Mm -hmm. life for us, the truth of his word that he has
2: spoken, mm -hmm.
0: like, and that there's a kingdom and that he's a king. Yeah. Like And our king loves us and our creator loves us. Mm-hmm. That changes our hearts and that changes how we respond to him yes. in love.
1: And we have to see it like like that with that perspective rather than like the spirit of religion, which wants to change you from the outside yeah. with the rules and the regulations, hoping that it does something from the, you know, affects you somehow on the inside. But really it's with Jesus who loves us and with this crazy radical love that's displayed in the gospel message of the cross and the resurrection And once we totally believe that and layer, you know, like surrender our lives to that, he changes us from the inside out in a supernatural way.
0: Yeah. And then whenever you said the the context then of this sanctification process, with the Holy Spirit guiding us and the truth of the gospel transforming us, that the context in which this happens
2: is going to be community. It's going to be community. It's going to become very evident whether or not you're really being transformed once you start bumping around with other people. And so that's what that is. You can think you're transformed when you're just having to you know, focus on yourself, but when you get out there and you and you start interacting with other people and doing life with people, you see, are you self-focused? Or, mm-hmm. Are you interested in others and God? And mm-hmm. are you looking where God what God is doing, how He's moving, where He's leading you. And um, that's when you have the opportunity to live live and show Jesus through the way you love and through mm-hmm. your actions. Yeah. And that's where people see a difference in you. I was this way before, I'm this way now, and the difference is Jesus. And that's all in community.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really true. That's so good. And that's where when you say the sanctification... The context of it, it has to be with people. Mm-hmm. It has to be, and there's the people that are going to like Sandy, like you said, like keep us accountable and make sure we're going on the same way. If you're, you're not leaving, you're Lord, putting Jesus
2: in a box. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you really are. You're not allowing Him. You're not sharing what what He can do in other people's lives and those that you love. So there's no point in that. It's just um, a waste. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap up today, then Sandy, do
0: you have any final thoughts or words of encouragement?
1: No, I think this has been super helpful, and I, I think the biggest thing that, that speaks to my heart is that God didn't say, here you go, here's the rule book, figure it out on your own. And so He gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the way He transforms us from the inside out, and He gives us community. And community being a Christ-centered, Christ-focused community that pushes you toward toward Him, on all levels and, and stands with you just like these guys with the paralyzed uh, man, you know, yeah. that stood with them and tried to figure it out all together. Like, how can we get to Christ? And so, um, I'm just so grateful that God has designed it like that. So mm-hmm. it's not just me trying to figure it out on my own, because if that was the case, I mean, at least for my life, it'd be a big mess and it would be the same for everybody else that, yeah. you know, trying to figure it out on your own. So,
2: yeah. And Nolan, as we wrap up any final, yeah, thoughts? I would just say, um, that for me, community has been so incredibly important. And I knew when I started to walk with Christ that if I did not surround myself with Christ focused people, I was going to go right back to life like I did before. I just Mm -hmm. knew it would. I would just get right back in my environments with the same routines and patterns and just fall right back into place. And so, um, I would just encourage you that if you're starting to step out in faith and, um, And sort of you really want, listen, Lord, I'm gonna give you a chance to transform me and work in my life. And I want to surrender and trust you. I would encourage you to find people that are walking with Jesus. He can walk alongside you. We all need mentors. We need peers. We need people that we are mentoring. Um, We were created for a relationship. And it's just, it makes all the difference it did in my life. And Mm -hmm. so I would just encourage you to find some people and ask Jesus to show you because He will put people in your life. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I can remember how I was before Christ-centered community and how I am now, and it's night and day different. it really is. And I bet that's true for all of us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So and there's a reason why. Yeah, that was his plan, right because that's what we're supposed to do. Okay, multiply. That's how we were designed. So mm-hmm. then here's what I'm hearing if you are if you're just taking a look at the people around you and who you've surrounded yourself with. And you're just kind of realizing, man, I don't know that they're pointing me towards the Lord. And you're having a hard time. I would just encourage you then to get outside of that. And to find people who will thrust you towards Jesus. And and just start wherever you are. It's not that everything has to change suddenly. But if you can even just get a couple of friends or a couple of people and start in that mentor process that everything will change because as we talked about before, that that we're all built with giftings mm-hmm. inside of us in one body. That God made you on purpose for a purpose, and He placed things inside of you on purpose so that you would know where you stand within the body of Christ, and that the world needs you. The world needs you functioning, functioning in how you're created to function in the community. The body of Christ community needs you functioning and how you're supposed to function. And so I would just say, that if you feel that in your spirit, if you just take a step back for just a minute and let's just pray. And if you'll just ask Jesus to reveal to you someone in your life who could mentor you. If he could reveal to you a peer who could walk this out with you. And so, Jesus, we just thank you for the listeners. We thank you to everyone who's hearing this. Lord, we ask that you just set them, set them in a community to advance the gospel, set them in a community where they can be fully known and deeply loved in the fullness of who they're created to be in Christ. Jesus, I ask that you download to people which where they fit as part of the body and what their giftings are, Lord, that you speak to them and to the people who've been hurt by the church, Lord, I thank you that that was never your intention. And I thank you that you see them and that everything can be redeemed. So, Lord, I just speak a courage and a boldness to step out and try again. And so, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. And we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ann Nolan. And thanks, Sandy. This was fun. All right, y'all. We'll talk with you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.